Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Philippians 1, 19-30. We all like the sound of a win-win situation. But imagine a situation where the possible outcomes for you really are life or death. You've got cancer and you're not sure if you're going to make it, right? You're going to live or you're going to die. Or in Paul's case, you are in jail. And one of the possible outcomes of your time in jail is execution. You are going to be set free and live or you will be executed. Does that seem like a win-win situation? Well, from an earthly perspective, certainly not. From an earthly perspective, that seems almost like the definition of a win-lose situation, where there's one good outcome and one bad outcome. The problem is, as we look at how Paul writes about his situation of, I'm going to be released or I'm going to be executed, he looks at it like it's a win-win situation. How in the world is that possible? That's going to be good for us to observe so that when you find yourself in a difficult situation in life, you know how that can be a win-win situation. And the answer is, well, pretty clear. Let's look at Paul. He talks about how he will rejoice is really that thought that's at the end of verse 18, not technically a part of our text today, but really that verse division is kind of unfortunate. He's carrying on with this idea of rejoicing from our reading yesterday. And he says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, that this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. How can you turn any situation into a win-win by making your main goal in life and in every situation that life brings to honor Christ? That's how it becomes a win-win. Because ultimately, Paul is not caught up in whether he lives or dies. Paul is caught up in, will I honor Christ? I want to honor Christ, whatever I do. And so he views this now as a win-win because, well, if I live on, I get to honor Christ in my life. If I die, and especially in his case as a martyr, well, then I get to honor Christ in my death. So this situation has become a win-win for me. The goal of his life is to honor Christ. And so there we see uh, really instruction for us that you need to have that same mindset that today, your goal today, your biggest goal today isn't anything to do with your job or your home or your school or anything like that. Because whether you're going to work, you're staying at home or you're going to school, my goal is to honor Christ today, wherever I am. And ultimately, I want to honor Christ because I love him. And that's what comes out in verse 21, for to me, to live is Christ. Paul says, it's all about Christ and to die is gain. Now, now that's 
crazy on both levels, again, from a human perspective, but it's what should be the cry of our hearts. First, for to me, to live is Christ. To live is Christ. No matter what I'm doing, it is all about Christ. Remember in college, I would make uh, sheets for each week of school, and I would have all my assignments on there and kind of my main schedule on there, and I put there as the watermark behind the page, uh, the Greek words there for to live is Christ. Because I wanted that reminder that Christ is not meant to be the first thing on our priority list. You might say, well, he's not supposed to be first. Are you saying he's supposed to be second? No, catch me out. He's supposed to be on the whole list. It's not as if, okay, I'm going to honor Christ, check, and now I'm going to move on to the other things. No, in all of the other things, I want to honor Christ. So in that way, to live as Christ is really that watermark that whatever my to-do list is on, it should be behind that. Because everything on my to-do list, whether I'm doing the laundry, whether I'm taking the kids to school, whether I'm doing a project for work or for school, whatever it may be, I want to honor Christ in this. To live is Christ. And then he says the amazing thing, to die is gain. And he explains um, more of that in verse 23, where he says, my desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Now, that's an interesting statement, and it's a good time for us to make the observation that the Bible does not talk about people dying and going to heaven. And by that, I mean, it, it doesn't talk about it in those terms. Obviously, the concept, that's what Paul's talking about, dying and going to heaven. But that's not how he puts it. He puts it, and the New Testament puts it, he, his desire is to depart and to be with Christ. When the Bible talks about dying and going to heaven, it uses this language of going to be with Christ. Christ is what makes heaven, heaven. And that's where all the other perfections of heaven will ultimately flow from, that we get to be with Christ. So you need to value Christ above life itself and make your life all about honoring him. And you can see Paul is saying it's better to go and be with Christ. That is the best possible outcome. So where we might even think, ah, life or death, that sounds like a win-lose situation. He's saying death is actually the better option here. But then he says, no, I I think I'm going to live. Um, And I'm excited about that because that's going to be good for you. Because what am I going to do with my life? I'm going to remain and continue with you all, verse 25 says, for your progress and joy in the faith. If I stay, what am I going to do? I'm going to stay to serve you. Uh, I'm going to serve you. Uh, And so as we think about that, we need to remember that you cannot divorce loving Christ from loving his people. It's just not possible. The church is the body of Christ. So if you love Christ, you must love the church. And your goal must be to serve the church if you really love Christ. And that will not be easy. We see more of that idea here in verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Now, he's talking not just about his example, but exhorting the church there. He is saying, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. The idea there is even the idea of being a worthy citizen. 
Be a good gospel citizen. Uh, You think about representatives, even this is much less of a serious thing, but you think of sports and and people, naturally, many people, they they support a team. They, They view themselves as a representative for a team, most of the time for a team with which you have never had an official part. You're wearing a t-shirt for some team that you've never been a part of the team. All you've done is well, pay that team some of your money to root for them, right? We, we feel that need to represent, and you can represent a team poorly or you can represent a team positively. Well, here, you are a representative of the gospel. What kind of representative are you? And here he talks about the importance of uh, presenting a unified representation of the gospel. That's something that should be a witness to others, is we are unified. We are different, but we are one in Christ. That should be a powerful testimony to the world, the unity that we have. Another thing that should be powerful in that gospel citizen testimony is that there's no fear, that there's no fear of our opponents. Because what can they do to us? Kill us? Okay, well, then I get to go be with Christ. So I'm not afraid of them. That's going to be, it says they're a sign of their destruction. They're going to be, why are you so confident in the face of these threats? Because I am living for Christ. And also another thing that we should show this good attitude as gospel citizens is our attitude for suffering. And that's another thing I want us to observe about the example of Paul in Philippians is he's not afraid of suffering. He actually embraces suffering. In fact, look at verse 29. He says, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Uh, Suffering is part of the package. In fact, he says it has been granted to you. That's the idea of a gift. Suffering is a gift to you. As one writer put it so well, when it comes to the Christian life, suffering is a feature, not a bug. It's not like, oh man, this Christian life is so awful. Why is there suffering in it? No, that's one of the features of the Christian life because that's what Christ did. Christ suffered for us and suffering was the path to glory. Well, we will see that in our lives as well. And that's how we can represent Christ well, but again, it all comes back to what do you treasure most? What is your greatest goal in life? Is your greatest treasure Jesus and therefore your greatest goal to honor him in everything that you do? Again, I hope you're seeing in the book of Philippians so much that is worthy of imitation in the example of Paul. And I hope that now you are viewing your day even if you've got some challenges, that you are viewing your day as a win-win because no matter what happens, your goal is to honor Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.